Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everybody to Aging Fearlessly. Many of you listening to this interview will remember the devastating floods much of New South Wales and Victoria suffered in March this year, 2021. Personally, I'd never experienced floods, even though our family home is on the banks of the Camden Haven River. Several times over the 53 years of owning the house, water has flowed across the land but never actually made it into the house. They say that this was a one in 100 year flood. The last one the locals talk about was 1963 and it was even worse than this year's flood. However, water damage is never good. If you've ever had a leak at home, a fridge or a washing machine, it can cause some major damage For many of the locals, they have had to gut the interiors of their house and start all over. For some, it's not just the interior, it's the whole house. Today, my guest is a local resident from the Camden Haven area. Welcome, Cheryl Hinton. Hi, Karen. Look, we only met recently, Cheryl, in the cafe where you work at Brewhaven in North Haven. And I learned that you were affected by the floods. And what stood out to me, even though your story is really heartbreaking, you have such a positive attitude. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the week leading up to the day of the flood. It had been relentless rain, as you were talking before. And... um... I can actually remember the Friday being at work and we all said, oh, this is getting a bit hairy, scary like type of thing. It is coming up more than we've noticed in the last couple of years. And then my boss came and said, oh, look, I think we should let you all go a bit early in case something happens with the bridge and you can't get over, which I'm before the bridge, so that was fine. But um, We're talking about the North Haven North Bridge? North Haven Bridge, yeah. yes, yeah. And by the time I'd got home, about 2, 2.30... My husband got home a bit earlier too because we were a little bit worried. And then um, we looked around the backyard and went, oh, well, we've, we've had this a lot of times. But my husband did note that it had come in a bit of a different way than it ever had before. Mm-hmm. But we still got complacent. Yes. And still just went, no, no, it'll be like all the other times. It'll go down, blah, blah, blah. And I think about 8 o'clock we got an SES message saying that everyone should leave but we've had them plenty of times before so we've had them through the fires this year we've had them through probably the last 10 years on and off yeah and you do get complacent as i said before and you just go oh yeah 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 we'll be right we'll be right so yeah naturally we just go yeah we'll be fine and it, it did just keep raining and raining and raining and we just kept watching it thinking oh it'll stop it'll stop (laughs) don't ask me why we didn't see the signs but we didn't see the signs and then just had dinner went to bed like normal 
and just thought it would be all okay. Thought we'd get up in the morning and be receding and yeah, blah, 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 which had just never happened. By about one o'clock, I think I woke up and I could just feel the floor was damp but not wet. Yes. And because we do live in a lower house, I've had that experience before where it feels damp. But that was all fine. I went, oh, no, no, it'll be all right. Went back to bed. Half an hour later, I don't know why I even got up, but got up. And that was the beginning of the end, really, of, of knowing everything was done. I've put my foot out of the bed, hit the floor, up to midway up my ankle. Yeah. And things floating around the house, like shoeboxes, toilet rolls. <laughs> uh, yeah, toilet rolls everywhere. Um, and just realising then that it, it had really happened. It actually was, a, you know, I think for a lot of people, a real shock. I, that, I do say that, yep. And recently, you know, you've had shocking fires here. I know at yep. my mother's house they got evacuation notices the year before for fires. And then we've been locked down with COVID. With the pandemic, yep. And then you, we, we have floods. So you've had a triple whammy. Yes, really have, yep. The warning signs, you said they were a little bit different this time. They were in ways that um, I, I wouldn't have noticed it so much because I think men seem to know more about the, the weather, way, how, how things work, the waterways and stuff. And my husband did say, and this is what really did affect the Brigadoon Caravan Park too, was it was already happening. It was coming from the back. Yes. Usually it would um, just come from the front type of thing, but this come from the back and swirled around. So it was on its way, whether we liked it or not. Like we, we should have all realised it, but we just didn't see it coming. Yeah, you live in quite a low-lying yes. area. Yes, we do. And it has been subject to flood before. Well, we've been there 33 years, and, yeah, we've had instances, like you were saying, here in your property, but it always just stopped. But this just didn't stop. And I think quite often we think that it's always coming from the river, but it comes from backwaters in it does. first, and that's what happens here where my mother's house is. And a lot too. of people have actually talked since and said maybe things have changed because of more buildings. How, like, it'd be nothing like 63 because 63 had hardly any residents. Mm. Now we've built, built, built. We don't know whether we've changed how the water would have ran in a different time. So, yeah, yeah I think that's another contributing thing. For the listeners, can you imagine waking up at 2 o'clock or one thirty in the morning and feeling your floors are damp and knowing that something is wrong? It's devastating because you know straight away that everything's gone. You just know instantly because being in that area and, and always experience a little bit of water thinking, well, now what if that ever happened? What would be the case? What would You lose everything because that minute that house has got water in it, You've got to throw virtually everything away. Yeah. So part of the problem, and from what I'm understanding, because I was here until five days before that happened, and we were preparing my mother's home for sale. And up in the hinterland, there was over 400 mils of rain in quite a few hours. And that water has to go somewhere. Even my son, because he's a policeman down in Goulburn, and I rang him at 1.30 in the morning when we're flooding, going, screaming kind of thing, going, oh, well, we've actually flooded and I can't get out, blah, 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 I've got to try to get out. And he said, there's no use trying to get out now, <laughs> you can't go anywhere, there's no, no way out. But the next day he rang us again and he felt that there would have been 
another deluge because Comboin was copying it like they've never copped it. Mm. They have rainfall up there like they've never had yes. in history, I think. And so he said, oh, I think it's just going to happen again to you type of thing. So everyone was just bracing that it's just not going to stop. Yes. Yeah. I know that we sit here on the coast and we have a lot of rain and we don't see a flood. Mm -hmm. But quite often we don't see the flood here because it hasn't rained way back up yeah. to where the source of the river is. Yes. And that's where... Well, it just keeps coming for yeah. days and days and days. And the water has to go somewhere. So that time of day, when you wake up mm -hmm. and it's dark, mm -hmm. what do you do? What's happened to your power? Yeah, well, we turned the power off way earlier than that because we have outside power as well that's low and we thought that could cause trouble. As we wake up then, our phones are low as anything. I've got a phone call from the SES again saying, get out, get out. And I'm going, well, where do I get out? I can't get out. We're up to, like, outside our houses, up to the, you know, fence. Just kind of went into panic mode a little bit and trying to find candles and um, torches. In Look, I don't know why. We, we usually have a torch just where it should be, but it doesn't happen to be there oh, that time, does it? No. no had one candle, had that going. So I'm sitting on the kitchen table because that was the highest part of the house at the time. <laughs> And just contemplating, right, now what have I really got to get together? Like, I've got to get important documents and things that, that just I can't let, because everything, I can't touch anything really at the moment. Can't see where I'm going. So, yeah, that was the main concern is just trying to get important little things together. But mm -hmm. it didn't mean that I could catch photos or anything like that because they used to sit under my bed, so they were gone. Important things like that, like um, I didn't even worry about them at the moment. I just wanted to be safe. Yeah. I think it says a lot for digitising all your photos. And I'm not, you yeah. know, it's great in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah. Good information for you in hindsight. <laughs> I've yeah. just done that with all of mine. So you spent the night then. Well, my husband actually just, he started saying, radio because my bed had already started going under. So it was like up to the legs, up to the mattress, already wet. So he had a brand new bed in his room that was quite light. So he, he took all my really good books that I love, mm -hmm. that I've had sitting beside my bed for so long and propped his bed up so hopefully it wouldn't get so wet so we just lied in in the bedroom at the front of the house and basically just lied there for about four hours just hugging each other just hoping for the best and watching the water rise type of thing yeah and hearing more rain and more rain and more rain and just going oh what is this going to do yeah so at the same time that this is happening to you mm -hmm. port macquarie was being absolutely Deluged. devastated yep yep Telegraph Point. Telegraph Point. People's and houses were coming down the like down ridges and things, losing their whole homes. I did hear about one family. The son went and found his parents basically up to the roof in the house and yes, had to rescue them. Yes, that was them. the truth, yep. Yeah, yep. and yep. you hear these stories, you know, through the bowling clubs and in other places that people well, go. Brigadoon, for instance, like all them old people, like there were people that still weren't getting out till late in the night people going down in boats getting them out not knowing what they're gonna get yeah so the next day that the sun comes up well it didn't really because it was gray <laughs> and it was still raining uh, what so once daylight did start to happen well was it still raining yes and and we were still in our home and i'd had enough by then i just I just needed to get out of the house i just it was just starting to the shock was hitting me and everything and i was cold and and just weary and 
So I sat on my side veranda and we were just watching people getting rescued. In boats, because yes, these are normally only by, streets. only by the local people. Yeah, yes. these are normally these, streets, these yes. These are normally streets. But, yeah, boats. It the was local a, people who it was had a river. boats. It was a river. Who had boats. Yep. Got out and started rescuing people. Yes, they did. Yep, yep. And actually, it was a lot of the young fellows around the area, a lot um, mid-20s guys that were doing this. It wasn't anybody. they just come out on their own and just help people. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got out by a boat, by the boy across the road. He saved us. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go? Well... Luckily, we have a mother, Stephen has a mother in Bonnie Hills, but we didn't even know at this time if the road between Bonnie Hills we closed off as well. So we just got in the boat and everyone was more or less getting anchored up to the bowling club for the time being because it was dry, but they weren't taking people in. Oh, why not? Because they didn't have electricity or something else, so uh... they, they couldn't. And then you say if you did need to be taken in by something like that, you couldn't get to the club at Loriton, where they were taking because people in. So anybody that was homeless at that point would have had nowhere to stay. They would have just been standing underneath that little awning, which I had a lady next to me with a little dog and a little bag. And um, mm. other people, yeah, another old couple just with a little bag each, like little plastic bags. Yeah. And what did you take with you? Um, <laughs> I think I took, I took the iPad for sure. Oh, what else? I took their phones. Couldn't actually get into the wardrobe, but I knew that was high enough for like my um, other big documents were in a um, folder. So I thought that's all right till tomorrow or the next day. And I think I took a pair of undies. <laughs> um, bare essentials. Yeah, not, uh, I think a, a jumper and a jumper for my husband, I think, and a pair of undies for him. And that was about all. Yeah. So really you walked away with nothing on with the nothing. day. With nothing. Well, you just, you did, yeah, just, yeah. And tell me about, you've walked away or you've been boated out, what thoughts were going through your head? Um, heartbreaking thoughts, really. I just, I, I knew, and I, it wasn't just for me that I felt heartbroken. When we are driving up, like riding up the river in that boat, every house I went past, I knew we were all in trouble. And I've got friends that are all there that are older people and in the same boat as us, no insurance. And I just felt heartbroken for them too because I just knew that no one would be able to recover easily from this. If you haven't been through a flood, you don't understand you don't it. Understand it. And I, yeah, I, I never understood it. I've watched it on TV many times, felt heartbroken for people, but never really understood. How long were you actually away from the house before you could go back? Uh, at least two days it was. Yes, it was because the um, it was still... It was still rising and they didn't know if it would change or whatever. So, yeah, and it was too dangerous to go in, really, when water's, like, you know, waist high to your chest high. Mm. You don't know what's in that water. No, you don't. So We're like, going to talk about that later on, yeah, too. Yeah, And uh, so it was two days. Had the water completely receded when you went back? Well, I didn't go back at first. My husband did. He just said, I just want to go down and check out, just see where we're at a little bit. And it had gone down, but um, still, like, it was just slush. Like, everything was slush. So I think there was still, like, that much water or something, like a, you know, a, a, a few, um, I can't say how many inches, whatever, because I wasn't there actually at the time. But, um, yeah, it was still, it was just wet, that wet. Just everything was just the aftermath, more or less, really, yeah. When you finally yourself went back, mm-hmm. what did you see? Um... 
just heartbreak really everything was just you just knew you just knew because two days with carpet in water it's disgusting um and just like had a lovely little lounge and i just knew straight away because i knew how far it had gone up and and just i just knew everything would be gone the kitchen i just know because as soon as water hits cupboards and things they swell yeah your fridges are gone because they can't go in look it'd have to be have, have some salt water in it as well and not only that, we had a burn, like a two-year-old car that was pretty still good out the front that was gone, that we didn't take anywhere. Stephen's work car was gone. So, yeah, it was just more or less knowing that everything you had was, yeah, not there anymore. Oh, it was there, but you have to go through it now and get rid of it. And so this two days of events turns into months yes. of clean-up. Because we're just in a devastation and knew it would take a long time to fix up and knew you couldn't be back in your home anyway, we just decided then and then that we wouldn't go through that ever again. We, we couldn't live listening to that rain again and, and thinking we'd be safe. So that's when we decided that we'll pull our house down and start again. It's like... It was just an epiphany and we just went, that's it, we can't do it. It's funny because rain can be such an enjoyable thing to listen to, but once you've been and it through can be terrifying something like as well. that, it becomes terrifying mm-hmm. and it becomes traumatising. It was. Yeah, and it is traumatising. It is like something that takes you back to that moment. You said you decided to rebuild. Mm-hmm. What does rebuilding mean to you? Um, <laughs> it's... I could get really sad about it, but I'm not going to because it's. It, I'm looking forward. It means that we won't be retiring because it's out of our own pocket. We had probably another, I probably had another year of working and we were going to have a really nice, pleasant retirement because we've really worked hard to get money and put it away in supers. But now we have to use that for collateral for a loan. Mm-hmm. So more or less now we live in this little limbo thing of going... How are we going to survive till 67 without... Because we might have to work till 67 until we can get a pension or something. But I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm just going to go day by day. So how old are you now? I'm 58. You're 58. So basically you were planning that probably by 60 yes. you were going to be comfortably retired. Yep. What's the cost of rebuilding the house that you need to, <laughs> reco- you, re- you need to rebuild to be flood proof? Half a million dollars. And so that's coming straight out of your your super. Well, we won't be. We will go, we're going to get a loan because in our thoughts of everything, the super at the moment is making nine percent. A loan is two and a half percent. Right. So we'll just run it at that. But that's our collateral. But that is what. So, so it takes a long time to pay five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> off. We've, we've never even imagined that kind of money. Yeah, it's it's going to be that'll be the shock when we actually see it in the bank. Like what? How much we owe. How has insurance helped you? Um, done very small things, but only through many calls and many, um, oh, like devastating things saying, like, can't, like, why can't you help us? Like, look, for instance, so I'd ring them and um, they'd say, oh, we'll, we'll do a, a consideration thing. Right, yeah, wait, wait, wait for that. Then you ring them back or they'll ring you and go, oh, no, you're not covered, you're not covered, blah, blah, blah. And then I went up to the recovery centre. That was one of the best things I did face-to-face, I suppose, and um, talked to a lady and 
from from my company and she actually turned around and said well you know you are entitled to like some some money for being out of your home and um for a bit of damage to your like your electricity turning off which i would never been told unless i went there mm-hmm. which I, probably a lot of people never got that money either because they didn't know exactly yeah. and it wasn't offered no no why would they offer no no exactly no not and then um yeah just just it was just excruciating going through that process like of and and trying to get on to little ones that saying, oh, you've got to try to get onto the Salvation Army. They can give you $1,000 to help you. And you just felt like you beg, you know, like begging. Mm. That's how I felt anyway. But I meant, at the end of the day, I went, well, too bad. Aside from feeling like you're begging. Well, like a, a charitable case. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's exhausting. It is exhausting. We know what it's like when you're trying to get help and you get pushed from one person in the phone on the phone lines to another to another they're just doing a job and they have protocol to go through yeah but it doesn't help you oh i'm I'm, I'm a really proud person too look we've never asked for anything like we're not we've always worked really hard for what we have we don't want handouts and when you come to that point you're feeling really vulnerable too to actually have to go yeah i do need that Mm. because you do need it now, I'm going to ask a question. I actually know the answer to this, but a lot mm. of people... Why didn't you have flood insurance? Uh, because it was $24,000 a year. And probably in hindsight, I should have probably looked deeper and I might have been able to get it cheaper, but it's still $10,000, $7,000. Like, who's got that pocket money, like, per year? And, it, and then and plus your insurance is on top of that. That's just your flood it, insurance. That's your car so you've got your car, you've got your house, you've mm-hmm. got personal insurance sometimes. Yeah, I've got income insurance, yep. $24,000 a year Yep. to the average income earner, how would they ever afford it? Well, especially a woman, say, that only is working casual as I am such, like probably my highest would be 30000 a year. So I'm working for 6000 a year. Yeah, and people... Well, another question people would ask is, why do you build in a, a flood-prone area? Well, people for hundreds of years have lived yes. in this area. and As I said, I've been here 33 years and it hasn't happened. Mm. And it wasn't... It was back in the 63 flood that that was the worst one. And I think there was one a bit later before we moved in, but never did anything like this. Yeah. yeah. So I want to add just for the listeners that what I've seen while I've been riding my bike around the town. And and believe me, when you walk and when you ride, Mm -hmm. you actually see so many more things than if you're just driving down a street. So first of all, when I came up a week after the floods, because I couldn't come back here because everything was flooded, the roads were all flooded up north, were the piles of rubbish Mm. outside every home. In just about well, everybody's personal belongings. Anyone that was in a flood zone area, all their personal belongings were out on the footpath. Yep. Beds. Beds. Linen. Everything. Clothes, everything. Clothes. Yep. Um, carpet. Yep. Underlays. Fridges. Washing machines. Correct. Yep. Yep. All in the street. All in the street. And then not only that, then there'd be people coming past and and having a little look through your stuff as well for insult. A bit of looting. (laughs) Um, But then on top of that, it's not just those things that you then notice has happened to the house. 
many of them have had the whole interior yes. walls. They are back to... Yeah, we got um, ours cut out. They cut them out in case we did want to replace, and everyone's like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm seeing even to it's this day frame. still. You go past and all there is, there is a frame, the curtains are pulled back. No one's living in these houses. No one's living there. No. Our whole community is virtually in, in, other, in other accommodation. And I've seen every second house has a tradesman's truck mm. parked in the driveway and then every other day I see delivery trucks delivering new fridges, new washing machines, new curtains. I have seen businesses probably thriving oh, for sure. through having to deliver goods and, and services to the locals just to get their houses back to normal. Well, I honestly know... Um... Just, I found out the other day, which that was fast-tracked, one um, older couple that's in our street, they finally got back in their house, but their daughter paid for the whole reno, but she has chased and chased and chased people to get them back in there as quick as possible. And that's what it happened in March, and we're now in July. But finding a tradesman... Oh, I don't, I don't know how she did it. She was very lucky to just kind of get people together at the time. But there's another little couple that are around the corner that... They only just bought the house probably two months prior to the flood and had loan money and that and didn't have insurance either. And, yeah, they're just a younger couple and I look at them and my heart bleeds for them because they're still not in their house. Well, there's four doors up from here, the same thing. They'd only exchanged and settled Uh, three weeks earlier. Um, and And, And that's, as you said, people go, why do you live in a flood zone? But... They're just young couple that know all the evidence too that it's happened years ago, but you're still in that same idea that it might never happen again. Part of the reason I wanted to talk to you Mm -hmm. today is your attitude. Tell me how you've come, well, in your mind, how how are you being so strong about all this? Uh, I I don't really know, but um, personally I just feel that if you give into it, you're just going to lose it and you won't come back I don't want to be that way that I'm just crying all the time and feeling sorry for myself because it's not who I am anyway I'm a positive person I try to be positive and um, we've had our days don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but it's usually in private but on the other hand to to be able to be this positive too the community have been so amazing like our friends and people that aren't even really close friends but we've all banded together that has helped me as well like um there's worse people off than me. Like, we can recover. Like, people probably... There's some people who haven't even got money or can get a loan or something like we can. So, mm. no, I, I, I just think get along with it. It is what it is, really. Another thing I wanted to just talk about, people don't realise that it's... This river of water going through the town is also very polluted. Well... I must admit, where we live, we're lucky. It was just river water, which, and with a bit of, it wasn't dirty. It was a little bit, it was more like with tea tree, but I know on this side of Dumbogan, um, toilets were overflowing. And I had a friend that said it was the most putrid thing she'd ever had to go through in a whole life. Well, a lot of places, I know people down on the Manning mm-hmm. who have farms. Um, yes, yeah, I've got a friend down there that lost her farm too that way. And 
the sewerage mm. that was going down the river as well, and parts here too, because the sewerage overflows. Yep. And you have to be very diligent when you're cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, careful not to have open cuts and wounds. But I know two people, in fact, who got bacterial infections from the river water caused yes. by cows and cow oh. cow crap upriver yep. that's floating down. Plus, in the Manning, and I, I don't know that it was the same here in the Camden Haven, but in the Manning, the amount of cows and... and farm life that was going down the river it has and to, out it has to, to sea. Yeah, it causes disease and stuff for sure. And yeah. this one particular fellow I'm talking about has been very unwell and on antibiotics for months trying to recover. Huge weight loss, just being generally unwell. And and that's something... Life-changing, yeah, yeah, you didn't you expect to happen. You're, yep. you're clearing out your sheds. You're clearing out, you know... River water can be really dirty. I, I don't know why there wasn't so much silt this time on this yes, side of the a, river. Yes, that's, that's, that's another thing, really. It's, I think it's the way it's come up. It's changed. Look, um, I think a lot of people think of floods, too, that it's really fast running. It was fast running at the front of our house. Like, like it, was, it was like a, a river running down the front. Like that's, Yeah, it was crazy, actually. Yeah, unbelievable. But as the water came into the house... Like well, it was already in when I noticed it, but it was it wasn't rushing around like you think. Mm. That was the strange part of it too. Like, but on the outside, it's racing everywhere. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's a real, yeah. So one of my takeaways here is the community banding together. Oh, amazingly! You know, friends, family, donations. Even who I work for, like, um, oh, every day, come down. We'll give you some lunch. We'll give you this. Give you anything. Like just, we'll keep you looked after. And mm. and I didn't do that often either because I'm just who I am type of thing. But um, it was there. Yeah. And there was other people I know. Another lady in North Haven was actually cooking up until last week and still sending it off to people. Yeah, because there's so many people who still aren't anywhere near. There'll be um, people. Some people will not recover from this. Yeah. A lot of the older people in our community will not recover. Yeah. What would just What would you like to see? done differently um i'm a bit disappointed in like even our local council like the trucks that come and picked up all our rubbish like that was an amazing day like was about a week later um big semi or like big big huge trucks that about four down the strip it wasn't done by the council Mm. it was done by peter pince and the mayor's husband that owns a truck company Mm. so things like that have annoyed me that um we haven't been important enough Mm. to be looked after in areas like that and also like the the government itself like we hand over billions of dollars overseas for aid but it's like it's like this happened and a week later it's gone there's a new a new something that's special out there now that has happened is somewhere else or and that's why i wanted to talk to you and to highlight months later mm. that this is still a huge issue in a town like this. Oh. And this is just one town. Last year, towns on the south coast that got hit first by fire oh, and then got hit by flood, mm. there probably wasn't a person in the town that wasn't affected in some way or another. And the recovery times, um, it's really slow. And that's... And it's a thing, you. It's it's a real thing because 
every time you go to your local shops or whatever, someone you'll know will say, oh, how are you coping? Look, it's not forgotten to us, and it's, it's never going to be forgotten. It's no. always going to be that trauma with you, I think. Well, Cheryl, I really thank you for coming and, and talking today. It's a shame that the insurance companies can't help in any way or don't want to help in any way that these things like flood insurance are just so high well they make it um, impossible for you to be insured really and then they mm. your emotions uh, and your your lifestyle your future is impacted so greatly but I truly am I truly am amazed at how you've come through this and the way that you cope and I think that's a lesson that we, we can't change what's happened. We've got to be resilient. We've just got to go with it, really, yeah. because we can't change nature. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, thanks for Thank sharing you. with my ageing fearlessly listeners what it's like, the aftermath of a big flood. Mm. Thank you. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in It's not all nine to five, it's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high, swim across oceans wide. Live out our dreams, just you and me. Let your heart be alive. There's no time to Gotta go get the most out of time Don't be afraid Like this treasure that you've got to find Baby, don't be shy Let's go and take that ride Taste the sweet and the spice Everything nice Let your Let your heart come alive, honey Let your heart be alive